the LinkedIn gods have been angered and you had to change your, your LinkedIn moniker to let's make work suck less from the Lady Gaga of Lean, which... Well, I could do the tagline back like that, but the, where it said the funniest lean guy was actually my last name. I put it in the last name <laughs> all this time. Which well, no the, reason why, right? It wasn't like, oh, no reason why. When I created the thing, that's what it was. So I could I put that at the bottom, but now I'm kind of taking it as my opportunity to see what the next identity will be. Yeah, you're growing. I like that. You got... Uh, you're committed to learning. You've always been committed to learning, which I love. I love that. And being a spicy cat wherever possible. You are. And I did see some, uh, <clears throat> your your mean game is making a comeback on LinkedIn since you started working in the food processing industry. So I'm happy to see that starting to make a comeback. Well, we were doing some A-B testing. I'm chatting up John. He's like, when you're like a like a sassy cat to people, I don't like that. But when you post memes that like everybody can laugh at, I really enjoy that. And so I put a I put a poll out about 10 days ago. And I was like, what does the world think? And you know, I got almost a 50-50 split, which <laughs> means like people were quit being a little turd and other people were like, do it more. Do it more. Some people like to see the world burn, Jake. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I fit into that category. No, I like it. It's good that you're doing some testing and getting some feedback. I recently did. I think it's only my second or third poll ever on LinkedIn for live. I did with Brittany Campbell Turner and I was kind of surprised the poll results. It wasn't close. People wanted more lean construction talk out of us, which is not, not surprising, but the, the options were like blockchain and DEI and then other, and we did get uh, one or two for other, which we handled in our time. So your split was 50, 50, and you did get uh, quite a bit of comments. Yeah, yeah, quite a bit. Like some people wanted more of me being spicy and just ruin whatever other people post about. And then other folks like when it's really on, on point about the content purpose. Welcome to the EBFC Show, the easier, better for construction podcast. I'm your host, Felipe Engineer Manriquez. This show is all about the business of construction. Today's episode is sponsored by Bosch Refine My Site is a cloud-based construction collaboration platform that applies lean principles to enable your entire team to plan, communicate, and execute in real time. It's the digital tool that works in tandem with your last planner system process and puts it all together in one simple, collaborative ecosystem system. This easy-to-use platform is available in English, German, Spanish, Portuguese, and French, and can be used on desktops, tablets, and mobile devices. According to Spencer Easton, Scheduling Manager at Oakland Construction, Refine My Site, in my opinion, is the best, leanest tool on the market for the last time Here's what our users have to say. We've looked at three other digital scheduling platforms and none compare to the straightforward approach Refine My Site takes. From milestone planning all the way down to daily tasks, this program gives every general contractor and their trade partners meaningful collaboration, accountability, and KPIs. Register today to try Refine My Site for free for 60 days. Today's show is also sponsored by the Lean Construction Institute. LCI is working to lead the building industry and in transforming its practices and culture. Its vision is to create a healthy and thriving industry that delivers outstanding project outcomes every time for everyone. Check the show notes for more information. Now, to the show.
Welcome to the show, Jake Harrell. EBFC. The EBFC. Easier, better, faster for construction, Jake. You know the you know the moniker, and it includes all things supply chain. So I think it's a it's good to know, ladies and gentlemen, that Jake is now working in a vital part of the supply chain, the one that keeps us all fed. Yes, I had a yes, delicious <clears throat> I had a delicious sausage pizza yesterday. Uh, odds are I made it. Like statistically speaking, statistically, the odds are very high that he had a hand yeah. in it. Not literally. Don't worry. I have gloves. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was. I was cutting the sausage to make it pizza to pizza size. And the casing uh, made my cutting very irregular. I think I could, I need to get a sharper knife, but lesson learned. Is it a collagen time. casing? I don't know. It. Uh, that I am not sure. I, now I have to get you. Now I have to get you schooled up on your casings. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think that's that could be a clip that we do some other time. <laughs> Nobody for three people in the world to give a damn about. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> does it hold the meat in so that I can eat it? That's all. That, I mean, that's, that's like the limit of what we care about. Can I put it on the grill? Can I put it on the grill, or does it have to be on a flat top? It does there have to be a Prop 67 label with it or not? <laughs> yeah, in California, there will be a Prop 67. There, there, there will be. There will be, for sure. <laughs> you, can't, you can't eat food without that food possibly causing cancer, right? And that doesn't demonstrate how little we know. We know so very little. This is why I think it's a good default, like you have set to be on the learning path. That's one of the things we have in common. And so bringing you back on the show, you've changed careers. You're now in a different area you're influencing how the sausage is made which is pretty cool i think it's a pretty cool job i want to hear from you like you know there was a good lead up decision making process let's skip all of that i want to just learn what's something that surprises you about your new job and lean transformation oh there is what's the talk about that i can't talk about that i can't there's some secret government stuff that I have to kill you. I mean, yeah, say. don't, yeah, don't tell me secret stuff. I just want like a surprise. Like what surprised you? Right, like anything in the food world that <laughs> matters that much. I like to pretend like it. The missus will come home and hear me on the call. Like, what are y'all talking about? If I tell you, I have to kill you. <laughs> and it's literally about sausage. It's about nothing. No, yeah. learning number one, which I'm so glad I got to involve John in, in some discussions about was several like what we call tenets of lean like uh batch processing that's a, that's like a hard hell no in, in lean is literally required in the food manufacturing space so you're not, not going to get yeah. away from that and right, actually you have seasons right so i mean there's like there's seasons where uh livestock becomes available it's not like cows are getting born every year or pigs are born you know every single day right there's season these things have seasonality so there's a natural batch in it Yes, yes, there is a natural batch. And then shrinking below the batch size of what a machine is built on churning also doesn't make any sense. So like shrinking batch sizes or increasing them or eliminating them all don't make a whole lot of sense in the industry. So I went in first with that. Oh, I know what principles Jake stands by. Another one that I'm really in love with now is, you know, lowering your overall inventory. That's like number one, have the least amount of possible limit your working process. Well, in an industry where meat's a hot commodity, right, it changes prices every day. From the price it was yesterday, the price of that meat in your warehouse has shifted. So actually, if you're in a low, if you're in a low point, 
it makes all the sense in the world to produce the living crap out of everything you can possibly produce at all times. And then when the price hikes back up, you just made a whole bunch of money off of it. Right. So you would never want to limit your work in process. <laughs> you would want to strategically target when to blow it straight yes. out of its butt. But yeah, so that another one that really that is a did. shocker. Yeah, that never would have suspected that. That that's another one where like a little bit of systems thinking with incentives and seeing where you are on the curve. Like, should we? When do we do? When do we work more and produce more? In this case, it's the, it's anti it's counterintuitive. It's when the price is low produce the heck out of it generate mountains of inventory because you can freeze it you can refrigerate it yeah it's going to sell got a long life, got a long life shelf, shelf life now yeah how far does uh your product go like is it international or is it just in the u.s yeah there's stuff all around the world yeah that's amazing so yeah high high chance i know now when i travel i'll be thinking about you when i'm partaking in certain types of food yeah it's very very like i said counterintuitive that i haven't been in a in a market that was that hot before because you know i come from warehousing 3pl everything just is what it is i touch a fridge i load a fridge but now the food world operates a little differently it's definitely like a stock market program and you got a plate to record it another fun one that i have just been in love with is having a human touch a process an additional time can be more profitable and oh, this really? is counterintuitive again yeah <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> I don't even know where my mind can go on this one. This seems like so wrong. <laughs> so like my first thought was, you know, you always blend, you always make stuff, you always cook. You can't make food without those three things, right? Right. right. Always. So odds are if I blend, meat has natural variation like any other live thing in the world. Spices yep. have some natural variation. So your output has some natural variation, right? Right. Some percentage of deviance. And on the top end, is an effective area and the low end is a less effective area, right? Somewhere there's a better, right? Well, right. actually, when the volume exceeds, you know, labor and overhead costs, it actually makes more sense to introduce somebody else back into that step and say, if you're not at the top end of this low to high scale, take half of this, half of this, and reblend it to get to the top end. Oh, and it'll wow. be and it'll outpace. And like, good God, you want to talk about just taking a gigantic dump on everything you ever learned in this world? I think it just goes to prove people that there's not one size fits all in the lean. You can't just uh, like somebody, somebody was yelling on social media recently, and this was brought to my attention by your good friend, Mr. John Thacker Jr. He said, you can't just yell copy Toyota. Exactly. Copy it exactly. Shut your eyes. (laughs) You know, I imagine if my whip, one whip was worth $40,000. Yes. I would want to limit the crap out of that as much as humanly possible. Right. So I get it. I get it if you're a car manufacturer, but outside of that, you know, maybe challenge it. So again, the tenants are important, but the actual details, you gotta have some systems thinking. What are the incentives and decentives of doing X or not doing Y? And it's just that's been a fun run. That's been a really fun run. Yeah, and what's been so those are some good uh, outliers of the tenants. What's been consistent that still applies even in something like continuous food processing? There's a there's a human out there that knows that answer entirely, and it's up to you to get that out of them. <laughs> there you go, people. That's pretty standard, no matter where. There we are. You walk into there. We're less than twenty minutes in the show, and Jake's already called out respect for people. I love that. So having that human connection, and, and I think that's what uh, you posted something recently on LinkedIn. I don't remember what it is, and that was just my response to your post was respect for people because you're talking about 
bringing that that change or that continuous improvement, you can't jump over or sidestep the people in the process. Let's be clear, I've changed virtually nothing, but the hope is that one day <laughs> I am a value-added member of society. But no, like there's people in your business, I don't care if you're construction, manufacturing, warehouse, retail, that already have the answer to the question you're laying at home pondering. They literally have. They just haven't been empowered to give it. Absolutely true. And I've been with people working on big problems and somebody asked a question and nobody in the room can answer it. And I say, okay, we need to leave this room and go see the process. Somebody closer to the process than us has this answer. And people are like, we can do that? I'm like, yes, you should do that. You should do that even if you think you know what the answer is. Still go see and talk to people. You know how many of those I've had in my life where like the problem we were discussing wasn't even a problem out there? <laughs> Once you got to it, it's like, we don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> I can only imagine how many times that's come up. We call that we call that the Westinghouse effect, right? Because when something becomes immediately obvious, it sort of stops becoming a problem all on its own. It's amazing. It's like I was watching a, a TV show recently and they were testing somebody had just joined this group as a spy and they're trying to vet was the spy like legit. And they'd studied something who's going to be a pilot in something. And they said uh they asked him a question about how are you gonna know what the cargo weight is, you know, once the plane or the aircraft gets up and he says, what? He's like, you don't know? It's so obvious. He's like, there's this giant handle and there's a gauge that tells you what the weight of the ship is. And the people are like, it's not in the manual. He's like, because it's so obvious to every pilot that's ever driven that ship. It was just something so obvious. So the people that do, like like Jake said, like, that's not a problem. That's only a problem. People will perceive problems when they don't really understand or have the context or experiences in the thing. And the thing could be anything. Like he said, car manufacturing, construction project site. A trade contractor doing prefabrication or stick building on site or, you know, making the perfect blend of fat to lean meat. Doesn't matter. Universal principle, little systems thinking. You know, Jake, a lot of people, people like our friends, shout out to Adam Hoots. He loves a good systems thinking conversation. What's an easy way for you to explain systems thinking to the lay person that might not necessarily have read or nerd it out on the kind of books that we nerd out on? Oh, oh, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna unnerd it. Well, every human is doing some type of work for a business. Every human, right? If you were to write all those down on a three-dimensional cube, you could draw a line, it'd be a sophisticated line, and that line would connect the start of every person's start of their job to the end of their job to the beginning of the next person. Through all of the people it touched in every facet on its way out to the door to being a completed project. That line we draw is what we refer to as a system. And systems thinking is thinking about that system. I love that. There you go, people. You're all playing, operating, working a system. And then you do like that. Where do you start? Where do you end? That's based on feedback, a handoff to another person. Feedback in the system definitely reinforces, or like Jake said earlier, incentivize, de-incentivize different behaviors and actions to take. It's it's affecting all of us. Sometimes that's where you want to try to understand like how to affect the change. And I remember the big power hitter in systems thinking back in the day was Russ Acoff. You mentioned Pennsylvania. That's only why you're like jogging my memory because he was a teacher out that way uh, at a point in his career. And he said the 
easiest way to improve a system is to improve the communication information exchanges in that system. And like Jake has already recommended multiple times on this show, in this episode, go talk to the people making it happen. That communication exchange is going to be so valuable. It's going to help guide you to solving the right problem. Don't make up problems. That's probably in the guidebook because you would think by now that's so dumb. You don't have to write that down. <laughs> you know? it's, it's not going to, no, that won't be in the manual because it's so obvious to people that do this well. But right. unfortunately, so many people are at work inside the system. They don't have time to look back, pause, reflect, and evaluate, like, is this the best, easiest way to do it? Or just a better way? Like we said, on the EBSC show, Jake, you know, we set the bar below best. We're going for better. We just yeah, want better yeah. every day. I'll take gooder. Yeah. So if <laughs> yeah. Go, go Jake, better. he'll go even less than better. He'll go gooder. <laughs> what are you going to do to be gooder? today and tomorrow oh such a hillbilly comment that man with my my texan box there's good and there's gooder is there a more gooder uh, no good no. oh there's no most gooder yeah uh, there's mm. no bad and there's no goodest there's no gooderest it's just okay. good and gooder good and good all right i'm learning here i mean everything has to be some amount of good or else lest you wouldn't be doing it. but is there a gooder out there yes and that's yes. all there is those two things i love how confident he was like is there a gooder out there a lot of people study english and grammar right now are like there's not there's, there's, no, of, <laughs> there's there like there's no zero gooder. gooder zero gooder out there <laughs> <laughs> well if you know me well enough you know i, I, I tend to make up words that's a, yeah. i chalk that up to a south texas lifestyle i chalk that up to your intelligence because you're creative and you're funny and you know <laughs> I kind of thought, you know, I had judged people in my part of middle of nowhere, Texas for so long in the, in the phrase yonder. Have you heard this? This human oh, yeah. will give no indication of direction. They will not move their head. They will not move their hands and you'll get a, it's over yonder. And you're expected to translate this. And so as I grow up, I'm like, okay, these guys are just idiots and can't articulate directions. But then as I really grew up, I was like, what a 400 IQ move that you can communicate to somebody where anything is with precision, <laughs> like with subjects, completely with subjects. Like this is borderline telepathic. They'll <laughs> 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 say it to another guy. It's over yonder, and he'll walk straight to it. Holy straight. crap! How did this happen? <laughs> straight away. Yeah, I spent a lot of summers growing up as a kid in Texas. I know exactly what you're talking about. I remember going from grandma's house to my aunt's house. And my cousin's telling me how to get there by walking. And the phrasing over yonder did come into play. And I had grown up in the suburbs where we didn't use that type of vocabulary. And somehow I ended up at grandma's house, no problem. Yeah, they shined on you and through subtext alone communicated what needed to be said. Now, I don't know how to translate that like scientifically, but all this time I had judged people for kind of being a lesser than, and now they were greater than me about it. Yeah. I think the next time I come visit you in Texas, you'll have to give me directions to something and I'll put a, a camera on myself and see if I make it based oh on what my you gosh. tell me. How about you give me directions to the right airport? <laughs> <laughs> True story. It's the first time I met Jake in real life, I told Jake, I was like, I'm flying Southwest Airlines, Jake. And in Dallas in particular, it's Love Field, named after Southwest stock ticker. And that's in Dallas, not Dallas, Fort Worth, where Jake went to. 
he went to DFW. <laughs> or my weak defense that is totally untrustworthy. When you left Texas six times in your life, you you do it through DFW. You don't you don't. Yes. Put them up field. Yeah. So I called Jake and he's like, "What door number are you standing in front of?" And I said, "The doors here have no numbers on them, Jake." So where what are you? What a Jedi statement, right? What is the number? There are no numbers. There are no numbers. These aren't the numbers you're looking for, Jake. So long story short, 25, 30 minutes later, Jake picked me up and started our adventure on that weekend, which was incredible. Good times were absolutely had. And in the meantime, I just made phone calls. So it wasn't like I was just standing there. And, and that time of year, Jake, the weather was nice. Like it was no jacket, no jacket weather. Beautiful. Well, I mean, for you Californians, if it's below 70, it's jacket weather, right? Absolutely. I was just talking to somebody that moved to California about a decade ago, and she was saying that uh, below 70, puffer jacket comes out and is a must. And she grew up in Boston. So it's a complete departure from what we used to. You'd be amazed at how quickly your blood changes. And I know, you know, people in Texas, a lot of people in the rest of the country listening to the show are people internationally. We love you international listeners of the EBFC show. Texas can see crazy shifts in temperature and Fahrenheit. We can see more than a 30 degree swing in one day, right? Or even mm-hmm. more. We did What's just like, the day before yesterday. So what was the extreme? What, what was the shift the day before yesterday? We started at 71 and we ended in the high thirties. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So <laughs> that is, that is, that's a swing for sure. Yeah. It's like being married and forgetting to take the trash out. Like, you know, that would be a, a drastic change <laughs> in the barometric pressure of the room when you enter it that afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good saying. I'm not going to, I'm not going to use that one, but I appreciate that one. You're going to leave it, but you understand 1000% of what has happened here. I'm usually like, I see the garbage can approaching like the 85%, 90% fill mark. And I'm proactively taking that bad boy to the to the the bin outside i like that you live your you know that's waste right that's non-value i know i'm not filling the bag to 100 percent, but there's so many beneficial side effects of taking it out and sacrificing that last 10 percent. so like i don't have to experience that barometric pressure drop like you do when you forget <laughs> you don't have another manager checking in on the status of your work in progress i might need to get i might need to hire somebody to look over me and like write a report on, you know that you're you're losing 10% of that that baggage capability every single time you take that trash out. And I'll say, I know. But you also know that that bag is not a fixed container and it does change size. And all the bags in aggregate in my can can fill to a certain volume. But I know you're, you're still, there's still opportunity there. Absolutely, there is. But I'm putting, I'm putting the human relationship ahead of hundred percent utilization of a bag. You know, that's, that's probably, and when you get to talking about Kanban is that's probably a really big point. If you limit with enough, there are less things for a person to be mad about. Absolutely. Like, I tell like people possibilities all the time. for error and frustration. If there are less things, right. I tell people, if you're designing for hundred percent utilization of anything, you're designing a system for failure. You're basically designing a waterfall schedule. <laughs> ah, I couldn't help but get that one in, Jake. Mm-hmm. I'm against the waterfall schedule. It's just the uh, alacrity with which you do it. That's yeah, what. <laughs> that's what it comes into play. 
And I can't remember, Jake, were you in that uh, LinkedIn thread we had? We had a DM thread going on waterfall schedules versus lean schedules. And well, CPM directly. Yeah, I was in <clears> the yes. thread. You were in the thread. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I had, uh, I recently had Dr. Sharuk Irani I on the show. To the episode. Oh my what did God. you think? Yeah. yeah, what did you think of the show? Is that, is that fit for the air to share that here? Yeah, you can share it on the show. We we can talk. I've, I've heard I've heard from experts, Jake, that you should reference and talk about other shows in future shows. Oh yeah, show. but not if it's not positive. <laughs> <laughs> well, depending on what you say, the editors might decide to strip it from the show. So we'll see. If you're watching this and the show seems to chop, chop up a little bit, beat? yeah. If the show if the show looks choppy, then you know that Jay crossed the line with his, his comments. But if it if it continues smooth, then you know that it stayed in the show. Now the guy, Mr. Sharuk Irani, has been a constant. I don't know if I want to say detractor, but I'll use the term criticist, right? Which I need in my life. I need someone around right. that's on the, the you know the eleventh man. If ten guys agree on something, who's the guy that says no? Like yes. I, I need a person to perform that role. And he does that in my content and in my LinkedIn life all the time. So I'm glad to have him around for that purpose. There you go. That's that's positive. Right? That's the most <clears throat> positive way you can put it. Yeah. yeah, he did open the show right away. I thought he was going to start with, uh, you know, heralding some of the greats that have come before us in Lean. And it went just the opposite, which was great. I laughed so hard I kept it in because it was just, it was too entertaining. I think a lot of people, like you said, there's a value in having somebody say no and disagree with you. It sharpens your own thinking for sure. Mm -hmm. That's the only reason I'm here. Jake says a lot of things. And if you follow his content on LinkedIn, which I highly recommend, check out Jake on, on LinkedIn. People will have Jake's bio and description in the show notes below so that you can click on him and see what he's up to and follow him. Definitely follow him on LinkedIn and a quality podcast. Jake, can you talk to people about uh, what is a quality podcast? And I know that this this podcast is quality, but this is the EBFC show. But <laughs> tell people about a quality podcast. That that is a deep question. I don't know how to how to summarize that effectively. I will say, my best friend, my partner in crime, John Tagger, moved from Texas to Pennsylvania was late middle of two years ago, and to keep in touch, we decided we would do something that would make us collab weekly. And so the show's mostly about that. Now we both work in a space where, you know, we're just managing people and processes, human behavior, and we always have. So it's named after that pursuit of quality and excellence in your processes and whatever. But really, it's just most of us moaning and groaning about our life experiences and trying to have fun and getting other people to be humans about it. My favorite content of what the two of you put out is like the, the top of mind stuff. I love the top of mind where like, it's clear to me, like something just happened maybe at work or in your personal life, and you just give us a little glimpse in and see what's going on and kind of stroke the fire, show a little bit of your belief structure or philosophy and, and give people a little inspiration. And sometimes, Jake, sometimes you actually make me laugh. <laughs> On occasion. On occasion. I've been, I've been finding right now people copy, copy paste this, them leaving their Twitter account over their beliefs with what Elon Musk is doing over at Twitter. And I just, I, I grab their thing. I get on the, the desktop. I can paste it. And you'll see 50 people posted this verbatim post. Uh, just one by one. Nobody cares what social media you stop consuming. Nobody cares what social media you stop consuming. Nobody cares. Why are you posting this on LinkedIn? That means nothing. 
<laughs> that kind of that kind of sass. Again, about half the community appreciates. The other half's like, "What is yeah. this basket doing here? <laughs> what what is this?" Like, or you get uh, <clears throat> I've seen other people because LinkedIn tends to be a business focused type of B two B or you know people connecting, looking for opportunities, sharing what's going on. Unlike you know other types of social media, which are more you know, family oriented or, or friendly or just image heavy. Like, I don't want to name any of these other platforms, but you know, you don't see a ton of video content on LinkedIn as you do in, in other places. And I'm the most active on LinkedIn myself. It is, it looks like you are too. And I don't do any video content directly on LinkedIn. Right. And it's, you can, you can do it. And it's, it's not, it's not that popular. You still see a lot of like uh, text content only which you do i think the vast majority of your content is text only yeah it has been for a time i gotta tell you so the infinite well from which my memes come from is through some pain i've endured in some past life like something i've i've reflected on and decided how ignorant is this that usually it's something i didn't do that i should have done that's 90 percent of it people think i'm poking fun at them but no it's like 99 percent inward <laughs> and i'll laugh about how i i did something or acted in a funny way and I'll make a meme out of it, post it in the world. But uh, a lot of that comes from pain. Like it is a like a Robin Williams effect. I can only be a happy, giggly guy with the sadness in my life. <laughs> and what I've had today is like a really long spurt, six or seven months of like, I've been really content. So I find that it's hard for me to be a sarcastic troll. <laughs> when my daily life is kind of happy, right? That's right. It's been, uh, yeah, life is good. Like, you you recently moved. You got into a new place. You've been you've been sharing some amazing barbecue pictures with me, just making me you know just have my mouth water. And so you look super happy, and I'm glad. You deserve yeah, to be I've happy, been Jake. The in the backyard, making a steak once a week on the Blackstone. Been pretty good. Yeah, life is good. I was just telling the family. Like, I don't know if it's just November in general. We start to appreciate and give thanks. You know, we're at month eleven of twelve of the year. And it's just a good time to to look back and reflect. So I want to just tap tap that mind in that vein, Jake. What are what is something you're extremely appreciative for? Oh, there's 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 such a long list. I don't, I don't know that I can adequately summarize it. You can just give me like some highlights in no no order. So like whatever he says first is not the most important, but it's just it's it is important. Okay, okay. I guess the first one that comes to mind is I'm working late. One day last week, I walk around for whatever reason, instead of cutting through the building, I decide the weather's nice enough. I'm going to walk around the side of the building. And over the course of about 500 yards, I had the longest and most egregious walking farts of my entire life. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, this is not humanly capable to output what Jake has outputted. The, the jewels in the wattage just doesn't make sense. But you know what? I was grateful there was no one else around to hear that. Thank, thank the dear lord <laughs> and, and I lost some followers that that would have been like a linkedin line <laughs> and he's outside he's outside doing what animals do outside so it's all yeah. good right yeah right yeah, i know i know there's going to be people watching this right now that have to pause and rewind to hear what you said and so i like that people do go back and listen to if you missed what jake said hit hit pause rewind a little bit Back it up, come forward. Okay, so that one, that one's done, Jake. What else are you appreciating? 
I don't know if I've been in a mood where I just like find these silver linings so authentically like that. But no, life has had some funny way of like me being genuinely grateful for all the stuff, for just about all the things that have happened. Um, I'm just, I guess I'm grateful to be around. Yeah, this weekend I was, I was with the family and spending more time with the family recently, being more intentional. My travels for work has increased, depending on who you ask, dramatically. Uh, for me, it just seems normal but I kind of throw myself into the work that I do. That's, that's my way as uh, people that know me know that's what I do. My family knows that too. And so I've been more present when I've been home with them and, and just enjoying and reflecting and having conversations. So um, recently my son has started reading this book and uh, last night my wife's like, you should have him read a chapter of that book to you. You guys could like talk about it. I was like, hmm, that sounds interesting. Let's, let's try that. Instead of like, you know, watching some memes on YouTube or something like that, which we sometimes do. And so he didn't even get through a chapter. We had so much back and forth conversation. He started sharing things from what he did in school that week. And I thought, man, this is really nice. And I turned to him and I said, I really like this. Like this could be a thing that we do all the time. I really appreciate this. And I'm so glad you're sharing this book with me. And it, oh, I'm still like laughing. He tells jokes and he was sharing some funny stuff to me. And he, uh, he even started bringing more of his humor to his classroom, which is, I, I told him, I was like, I like it. Don't become like the class clown. Don't, don't let one label represent you. That's what, that was my only advice to him. And I said, and don't do what I say. <laughs> so i sent him like the mixed message and he's like i he's like i know what to do dad i got it i got the message like i know so that's really good it's over, so, yonder. It's over yonder son it's over yonder it's over yonder son like how far do you go with making jokes at school over yonder not 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 any further <laughs> <laughs> i tell you a grateful one one i've been in love with lately there's a game on the nintendo switch called overcooked i highly okay. recommend you check this thing out okay. so mrs and I, needless to say, we operate different industries in the world, and mine is less than interesting to her. <laughs> so, find a way to connect on it. We just randomly, we're picking a game we're going to enjoy over the weekend. In this game, you have four minutes. You're two people that operate in a kitchen, and the kitchen is organized poorly. <laughs> and one person has to, like, make the patties, the other one chops the lettuce, the other one cooks the, the meat up, and you have to constantly have a back and forth and see how many orders you can get in the time and they get yeah. more and more complicated as life goes forward i thought isn't this what we do for a living like is this not literally what we do yes. for a living? and you'll see all the cliche parts like she won't bring enough lettuce and i'll be screaming like you didn't bring enough lettuce you're the problem and it just highlights like exactly what i love about what we do for a living right which is right. like really attacking that process bringing people into it to work as a team and now has generated a whole lot of dialogue over what it is I'm actually doing when I close the door and go to work and what we're talking about. <laughs> the game is called Overcooked. We're not sponsored by Nintendo, but people check that out. That sounds like a fun game. If you're if you're working in continuous improvement and you want to have fun with someone in your family that doesn't get your world, a game is a great way to bring it to life. And it's like three dollars, right? <laughs> so it's an inconsequential amount of money for you to go out and have a really good time. <laughs> I'm just imagining the two of you like raising your voices at each other when when the orders aren't hitting like they should. Yeah, one time she didn't, and I paused the game, and this was unprepared for. It's not like Jake was really good at staging the scene. 
completely unprepared for it. I just ended up screaming, I am the problem. (laughs) 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 Funny. So funny to say that out loud. Go, what did I just say? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You became the problem. You were the bottleneck. Love that. I love that. Where can people find a quality podcast to listen to, Jake? Uh, Mostly on YouTube, but you'll include a link below. Absolutely. You know that I will. I've got those linking skills. So people check the show notes below. I only have my bio because of you, right? The only reason (laughs) I have that bio link. (laughs) You're welcome. I want to make sure people could get a hold of you and get after it. Now, you're also, I saw that you changed your, your responsibilities in your in your LinkedIn, you've got a couple of things going on. You've got some uh, a book that you've written. We right. talked about this the last time you're on the show, and that's why for people that haven't picked up Jake's book, you need to pick it up. It's a plain English, down to earth, no fancy words, continuous improvement story. No Japanese, and no Japanese. Not the Ash- people, the words. There's no yeah. Japanese words. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Hashtag no, no Japanese continuous improvement words. It looked very bad on its own with no context. Yeah, let's make it let's make it more specific. Hashtag no Japanese continuous improvement words. Yes. <laughs> yeah. None of those. Zero percent yeah. of those. And we there's love- aliens. So yeah. please have a 400 IQ and an open mind when you go into it. There there is a chapter on aliens. Absolutely. But I think it the aliens kind of brings it brings it to life and it doesn't pick on it one culture or another. So I appreciate yeah, it. They're giraffe people. How could you possibly, if you were <laughs> going to pick a culture and say, this is who Jake's talking about, how would you even get there? You can't get there. Yeah. You can't get there. I tried to think. Like, I tried to there. think, like, who who could he be talking about? But it's so alien that I couldn't even think of any culture. But I think you did I a good job there. Know. Yeah, no, you did a good job. You kept it uh, culturally agnostic. It's, it's hard to talk about two groups of people and not talk about any group of people on earth, but I got there. <laughs> You got there. Yeah, that's that's your 400 level IQ contribution. I like to pretend like it. Mostly I'm playing checkers with myself. <laughs> are you are you winning or losing when you play against yourself? There's guys and stuff and <laughs> <laughs> No, it's absolutely great. So last last words of advice, Jake, for somebody in a job where continuous improvement may or may not be part of the job based on their perception. What would you tell that person in conversation if they called you or they contacted you because you're, you openly ask people to get in touch with you. Openly. My cell phone is on my LinkedIn profile. It is out in that world. It is there for anybody. I guess by starting, regardless of your position or role within a company, what humans need to get better at is not trying and assume what they can and cannot do. Just stop making that assumption. Instead, if it feels like something you should do, do it. If it feels like a difficult conversation you need to have, don't leave it unsaid, right? Just have that conversation and do it. And sometimes there's upwards management. Sometimes you feel like you're walking around eggshells from other people, but like you'll love the world you're in if you do the things your heart's telling you to do. Then you keep telling yourself, I can't because shortstopping yourself. That's the thing I see most common in the business is there's a manager. There's usually they're a middle manager and the middle manager has got this unique role where they're in charge of 100% of the culture that employee will ever experience. But then their boss, they up and report to. They have a bunch of preconceived notions, whether it's valid or invalid, about how my behavior will be interpreted upstairs. Instead of that, just if it feels like you need to do it, you need to do it. 
if you feel like you don't need to do it, you're getting told to do it. You need to have that conversation too. So I just experienced that same thing this week where I was commenting to somebody about some process issue and the person said, you know, I'm hearing what you're saying, but it sounds like the people in that process might not have that awareness. Have you shared it with the leader of that group? And I said, actually, I haven't. I started thinking just like you, like you start hearing that little voice, like, how can I even bring this up? And I said, you know what, let me just do it. And I'm just going to, you know, trust that good intentions will buy me a little bit of leeway. And when I did have that conversation, the person said they were actually struggling with that issue right now. And that that call that I made to them made a difference. And it made, it actually made them go into the weekend positively. And we, we came out of that both feeling like we support each other more. So it brought our relationship even closer together. And at first I was just even thinking like, I don't even know where to start with this. And so (laughs) when I called, I said, I don't even know where to start with this. Like, I'm just going to be honest, but this is what I see. This is what I think. What do you think? And then we started dialoguing and, and afterwards we both felt better. So yeah, Jake is, he's on to some, that's gold right there, people. That's some LinkedIn gold from the man himself that's dedicated to making work suck less. Jake, thank you so much for being on the show. I can't believe how fast the time has gone by. And uh, definitely, ladies and gentlemen, subscribe to a quality podcast. Call Jake's cell phone number. It's on his LinkedIn profile. Get in touch with him. He can definitely help you make work suck less. And uh, it's, it's hard whenever, you know, jobs are our life security. But also, it's hard when you continue to live in a world where you're not getting satisfied right here. Very special thanks to my guest. I'm Felipe Engineer Manriquez. The EBFC show is created by Felipe and produced by a passion to build easier and better. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, everybody. Let's go build.